Welcome to Two Pastors, Never Take a Walk Again and Make a Podcast. This is Yolando. <laughs> You're going to put is... all that in the podcast, aren't you? I know you are. No, I'm not okay, going to put it all. We had a little conversation before we got started and uh, she said, don't put this in the podcast. This is Yolando. And as always, we're talking about what is astonishing us, what we're thinking about and what we're preaching. So what is astonishing you? Well, what is astonishing me? It's... Um, two sides of one coin. First side of this coin is the amazing, wonderful, beautiful job of um, the people of Dorita Church, our Christmas Eve service. I was um, both editing and watching and um, just thought how grace-filled and spirit-led and beautiful they are, especially when they do things together. Uh, I have never uh, been processing an edit, a video edit, and just started crying because I just thought it was so beautiful. And the opening of worship after I welcome people, it's just a series of members of the congregation reading Isaiah 9, uh, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light, unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And uh, those lines just get repeated and repeated by different people in the congregation. And it is, it's beautiful. It's simple and beautiful. And I was editing and uh, just so grateful for them and the work of God in them and through them and grateful to be with them and grateful to be their pastor and um, grateful to get to do this work. And it was just beautiful. I just keep coming back to that. And I'm, I'm so grateful that people would come out in the middle of a pandemic to the sanctuary. I mean, we've been recording since November, late November, you know, a person, a family at a time just to record their part of the service. And then we put all those things together um, for Christmas Eve and um, just grateful. And they, everyone yeah. should know, can hear coming, that everything Yolando has just said is true. And there's yes. a big and that the, would be a but, but it's an and side. and it's coming. <laughs> the flip side of that coin has nothing to do with the church, but with this Christmas Eve video, it's Christmas Eve afternoon, right? It's noon, noon-ish. And I promised people it would be up around five. And I'm editing in my great software on my wonderful Mac. And I love Apple products. They're great. And I'm in the middle of the edit and I'm feeling so good about the service. And all of a sudden, the electricity in my town goes out. My screen goes blank. I haven't saved anything. And, um, it's, it's pretty rare that I panic. I'm a pretty steady, you know, soul. I, I don't go to extreme highs and lows very easily, but I panicked. I did I mean, not know what to do. Christmas Eve does have like a, a, a rapid expiration date, right? Yes. Like, <laughs> I'm pounding the desk, screaming, why God, why? <laughs> literally and my child and my wife are like what is wrong and I'm explaining the situation and then I start crying for another reason <laughs> the first reason was the beauty of the people mm -hmm. and the service yeah. and now I'm crying because I just don't know what to do yeah so sure. the, the electricity comes back on and I turn my computer on how long was it out it wasn't out for very long I mean minutes less than a minute it, it was a short okay. time enough Just for everything enough to, go to destroy yes. everything yeah okay yes and so uh everything's loading up and i load my editing software and there's nothing there my video is not there oh. and <laughs> <laughs> my despair just went i mean i just went into an abyss of sadness and grief <laughs> and 
I thought I've been working on this thing since November and it's all for yeah. nothing. What am I going to do? And I, I just walked around the house, like, what am I going to do? I don't know what to do. I just don't know what to do. Uh, and so in my mind, I started to prepare this apology that I was going to paste on Facebook and send out via email and say, you know, I'm just so sorry. This just isn't going to happen. I don't have time. Um, because I had already put in almost 15 hours of editing, right? Right. So, well, and, and what people don't know is it's not just the editing, but like, even if you could have re-edited it super quickly, it takes a, a ridiculously stupid amount of time to save it to whatever you're working on. So like yes. a half an hour, hour, and then it can take like two or three hours just to upload onto whatever platform it to is. YouTube. And I think like, mm -hmm. Yeah, or Facebook is the same way. Like Facebook can take like nine hours to upload to. So I think like people who, I mean, I, whatever, not that anyone's listening to this, but like pastors know how hard this is. But I think what's hard for people in the congregation is, you know, they appreciate that we do the work that we always do of like creating the service. But like, it's this whole other just boring, frustrating dumb work of like technicalities and logistics like there's like a joy and a deep meaning in like designing something like that moment where everyone comes in and records from Isaiah 9 like that is deeply meaningful work like sitting there waiting for the thing to upload to save to your computer there's no like deep spiritual fulfilling anything in that that's just like yes. cold flop sweat panic. Yeah. And to give yeah. some clue about how much time I put into the video, um, the first five seconds of the video took about two hours to record um, mm -hmm. because it's, it's a time lapse of one of our um, stained glass windows in the sun setting. So, <laughs> you know, there, you, you just don't have time to do this again. So I am doing lots of why God, why, what am I going to do God? And I try everything. I restart the computer several times. And, and so finally, I, it's just over. It's over. And so, well, let me just try this one last thing. And I click on it. And the video comes back <laughs> with, with the edits. I uh, mean, I, listen, I mean, it's God great. is good. Obviously, it's great. Yes, 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 all the time. And <laughs> it's so great that you got it back. And I mean, I just have so much, like, that, you know that scene in The Princess Bride? Do you watch The Princess Bride? That's probably a real white people movie. <laughs> do you, do you, have you ever watched The Princess Bride? That's a no, totally white people thing. It is. Right, well, all, <laughs> like, um, there's a scene in this movie. I'm glad like, you said that, because in my head, I was thinking, is she really asking me about the Princess Bride? Like, she really thinks I've seen this movie, right? No, I, I, I whatever. I um, know of it. I know of it. Okay. So there's a scene in the movie where, like, the main hero gets captured, and he gets, like, um, taken to, like, the laboratory of the dumb guy, and, like, it's strapped to this machine, and, like, they turn it on, and it's, like, incredibly painful, and you see him scream. And the guy turns it off and it was like, um, I forget what he calls a machine. Don't at me. But like essentially this machine like sucks out a year of your life. And so it's like been on for five seconds. And he's like, that was one year of your life that I just removed. How does it feel? Be specific. This is science after all. So I mean, like, I am so glad that your video was restored but like that experience of that hour where it's gone and you're walking around the house and like why god and your your son is traumatized and you I mean like i'm so glad it's back but like you are literally gonna die a year earlier because you went through that experience and so my child is gonna I need therapy say, i mean i just and, i'm and so listen, glad it was back oh, listen gosh. i had more editing to do like you I were went just like the done of musicians and there was just like, I needed to equalize some of the sound. Some clips were uh -uh. louder than others. You know what? I said, I'm just going to say this. It's, it's, it's done. It's a wrap. It's done. I'm going to save it's it. And, upload. and it still didn't get on YouTube until like six something in the evening, Yeah, but it was done. It's hard. Yeah. 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 And, no. and you know what? Yeah. In the end, it was still 
pretty. It was beautiful. Good. I'm sure yeah. it was beautiful. But I just, I mean, I feel your pain so deeply. Well, what's yes. astonishing you? <laughs> <laughs> well, our Christmas Eve service also was a cluster. Um, and you guys did it live, right? We did it Online. on Zoom. Yeah, we did it on Zoom. We did it live because I, because I, you know, I want to make it very clear. Uh, I do not do all the editing technical stuff for our service. That is all our ministry coordinator, Rachel. So, like, I know how frustrating it is. I know how much work it is. I don't actually do it. Um, and so, when we were looking into this week, where there are going to be two services one major thing was like, I cannot ask somebody to do two services in one week. It's just not, it's not a reasonable ask because it just, because it takes so much time and frustration. And mm -hmm. um, so, um, and I really wanted, like you did with your video, you, you really want Christmas Eve to, to be um, different. You know, I mean, there's just a, a huge, um, a huge part of the experience of that um, worship service is that it happens at an unusual time and you do, you know, and in, in a place and time. And so we decided, I mean, what I wanted to do was a parking lot service because I just thought like an outdoor candlelit service, like we could have done that. And, and that would have, I think in its own way been really beautiful, but um, the numbers in Mecklenburg County are just, um, they're in the red zone. The hospitals are completely full. We, um, have members, um, lately members have, have gone into the hospital for COVID and not for COVID and, and had to wait just days before they could get a bed. I mean, like it's, it's not, um, I mean, not that it's ever been a joke, but I, I think, you know, the thing that they have been warning us about all the time, about it's not just the threat to, to of the coronavirus, it's also just if the healthcare system is so overwhelmed by coronavirus that it can't help with other things. And, um, and, and, and that's where we are. And so I just, I mean, I was discerning all about that and thinking, I know that we can do a parking lot service safely, but I don't, I, I, I want to continue to um, bear witness to the message of um, that, that these are extraordinary times and that we need to stay apart as a way of loving one another. And we can't, um, I just, you know, I didn't want to put what is a beautiful and deeply meaningful ritual, um, but I didn't want to prioritize that over you know, because it's not just like you think, it's not just, well, would people get sick when they came to our event? It's also thinking, what does us having any kind of in-person event communicate to people about other things? Like if, if I can go to church on Christmas Eve, then doesn't that mean that I can also go do whatever with my neighbors? Like I don't, um, and obviously it's not my role. It would not be appropriate for me to tell people um, what to do. I'm not the boss of what people do in other parts of their lives, but I do, you know, in the parts of the community that we do have leadership, we just really want to make sure that anyway, so, so we had to nix that. And so what could we do instead that would have that same spence, same reality of being able to gather in, in, in a, in the same moment, if not in the same place. And we decided we were going to do zoom and like had spent a while putting together what that could look like, um, getting different people to be involved. And the first thing that happened that was um, just, I was like, this is ridiculous, is that, uh, <laughs> I mean, awful, awful. But our, our, my friend and our music leader, Elizabeth, called me the, on whatever, Wednesday morning? Uh, Text her son texted me and was like, basically, don't panic. But my mom just fell down and hit her head and is bleeding from their head and on the way to urgent care. And I was like, Are, like, so a, yes, I like, obviously, like, I'm just very concerned as oh, no. anyone would be. And um, 
and then it anyway and then it turned out that well, well actually and the funny thing was we have this internal like we have public social media channels but we also have this little internal um facebook group um where you have to be you know whatever you have to be a part of the community to to be in that group just so that it's a little bit more of a private place for people to be able to share prayer requests or whatever and so so the only reason that um she had him text was so that she'd say don't don't share this with the group right <laughs> like i don't want people whatever so because she just sliced her finger off three days before and whatever not her whole finger just the tip of her finger i don't know like it's just a thing oh and by the way her not i mean her primary instrument is guitar right so oh no <laughs> so anyway, it was just so and so i i talked to her later it's okay like head wounds bleed profusely so she had to get staples in her head oh, with no, no anesthesia because they were like the ER is empty right now. We don't want to wait again to your point. Like we don't want to wait for this to numb the top of your head because that might take a while. And like this place could get flooded, a car accident. You don't want to expose you. So we're just going to staple your head and send you home, which is what happened, which is like horrific. And, and so then on Christmas Eve morning, we are having what I think is just the most like on the nose, ridiculous conversation for a Christmas Eve service in 2020. And the conversation is like, can she's like, can I still lead worship on the Zoom call? Or will all the blood that is still matted in my hair be too visible and traumatizing? Like, how, how of course, wow. like, of course, like this is the conversation that we need to have. It's like, can you lead worship with head wound if it's not? still bleed which i mean of course she looked beautiful you couldn't see anything uh, wow. i mean whatever but it was just ridiculous but wait there's more there's more so then we're i mean it's christmas eve and i have children and normally on christmas eve i just leave right like i go to the church and it's this quiet place and i get my like life together um, and that is not an option this year, right? And so it's um, a Zoom call. So there is just a five minute element, but an element that I'm, whatever, a message that I'm gonna do in real time. And so my family who I love are just everywhere and the pressure is mounting. Um, and I um, was not the best version of my mothering self. And so I'm feeling great about how, to your point, like my my passion to want to do this part of my life well, to help mm -hmm. people sort of, you know, to people being me too, like be filled with the Holy Spirit so that we can walk and live in the Jesus way and renew our minds in Christ, like all these values that they can be embodied in our lives. And my passion to do them makes me like, like there's the direct inverse proportion to how I'm actually able to then do it in my life with my children. Meaning like I was a big old, as we used to say growing up, which with a B on it, right? So like I'm trying to prepare this service about, you know, incarnational love and tenderness, blah, blah, blah. And like, I just, it was not pretty. And so then we're going out to do the service, which is Zoom. So it's in my house with my people and, um, I never am anywhere near my family when I'm leading worship. Like I'm in the front of the sanctuary there in the back. Like, um, and as we've discovered throughout this pandemic, I always thought that that one sacrifice of being a pastor was not being able to worship with my children, which I could, I sit in the pews, but my husband won't sit in the front. He refuses to sit anywhere else, but in the back. So I'm never with my family, which I always thought was the sacrifice until the pandemic happened and worship started happening at home and i'm like oh worshiping with these children is terrible because they're horrible and after the first time that we i mean like very developmentally appropriately horrible like i'm not sure, saying like my children sure. but i mean just like kids are the worst right and yeah. after the first sunday that we were all at home trying to worship together colin looked at me and was like I don't know whether I should apologize to you or you should apologize <laughs> to me. And I was like, me either. I, this is awful. That's and great. Again, like it's hard when you're like, I mean, like, right? Like, there's just no good answer. You can't, you can either like let oh. them pick their nose while you're trying to praise the Lord, or you can yeah. like 
try to scare them yeah. into like you know conforming to your expectations but yep. there's no good answer there so we're trying to do the zoom service with my kids and it's a, it's a cluster and it's not been a good day and my worship leader has like you know gore on her head that we're worried about the people seeing on christmas eve and and then we're doing the whole thing and and i had gone out to set up on my phone to do the zoom call and my middle daughter came and was like mommy i want to like let's set it up on my computer which is her cms chromebook like it'll be better we can see more people it's a bigger screen and i can work the mute button for you whatever and i'm like okay like i should let her offer this contribution so we gather everyone for a half an hour before the service starts to like check mics whatever it's all fine and then literally three seconds before it starts she's like mommy sometimes i get kicked out of zoom calls so i'm just gonna write down the meeting id and password so that we're ready just in case and i'm like oh okay so is that all <laughs> so so we go through the whole service until it comes to my part and i i mean i know this is going to happen like i oh, know no. it's going to happen no that no i start to talk and no. my, all of a sudden on the screen comes up your internet connection is unstable no. and like i can see my own face freezing and i'm like no. i mean thankfully it's only five minutes but i'm like what are you gonna do like i know that they can't hear me but like i could be wrong and it's live and what is it but the best part about it is like we all know this is happening they can't hear me but i can see them right so like i can see the faces of the people on the screen being like and then just like laugh like it was just i'm i mean in a very appropriate way like it was just funny and then afterwards um people were sending me texts and then they were all like texting each other during the service and like people were like oh gosh can you believe kate did or not and my one friend Ryan was like, it's not her internet. She's just drunk. <laughs> but I was like, of course. I mean, of, of Oh, that's course, so great. This is what is going to happen. So we both had hours of oh, yes. um, defeat. Um, but the Lord lifted you up and restored. <laughs> I was like... What a, I mean, you know, it would be, I, I've Jesus had in mind, born. Yes. I'm not a producer and <laughs> it was real. And, oh, well, and the funniest thing was our new incoming elder was like, Kate, I think this is brilliant because I just sent out the stewardship letter last week. So he's like way to um, organize the Christmas <laughs> Eve service in coordination with the stewardship campaign to demonstrate to everyone that they need to get more money to the church so that you can have a stable internet connection. Oh, that's great. It's awesome. really great when when people have a sense of humor about that kind of situation because it could have gone another way, right? Well, and the reality is like it just is what it is. And it's not like everyone in the world hasn't had something that really mattered mm -hmm. be um just destroyed. I mean, not destroyed. It wasn't destroyed, but like the service certainly wasn't destroyed. But you know, my part was not audible so um and i do think that like and i think something that a lot of pastors i think get wrong for the right reasons but get wrong is we just feel like well if what we if we really love our people and we want to do a good job then we need to make sure that the stuff that goes that really matters never goes wrong and that is actually just not even an option um but if we really love our people and want to lead well then we need to be able to model for people when stuff that really matters goes wrong how do we be right like how do yeah. we demonstrate mm -hmm. that you know mm -hmm. actually i'm not saving the world here that is not what i'm doing mm -hmm. and what we are celebrating in this moment is not at stake based on your video or my audio and so to be able to say like i take this really seriously and also i understand that um I'm a, a real human person who deals with the reality that everybody else is dealing with in this world and things go wrong and it's not our job after the first, you know, reaction passes, it's not our job to shake our fists at the sky and be like, why me? I'm, you know, I mean, this, this happens. So um, I do think that that's important because I know a lot of churches, again, for the right reasons and a lot of pastors for the right reasons, they, they, love the Lord so intensely and so passionately that 
they have this standard of like, well, if I just work hard enough and, and prepare well enough, then everything will always be all right. And when it doesn't go all right, you, you don't, you know, you just, you lose it either on yourself or on other people. And mm. I don't think it's our job to make sure that things always go right. I think that it is our job to be able to model for like, well, when things don't go well, it is in like an annoying ways an even better way to pastor people because people really don't need a, a role, whatever, a leader in their life for when everything is going wonderfully. Like when people can generally find the Lord <laughs> and, and hear God's voice when they are um, succeeding a business without really trying, right? It's, it is being able to say, what, what, what about when I did everything I was supposed to do and things that really matter didn't work out? You know, just be like, yeah. Yeah, I think part of what hinders us, and this is not exclusive to pastors, but part of what hinders us is a desire to uh, prove ourselves to people. Mm -hmm. And um, I remember many years ago uh, when I was a lot younger, um, I had um, a member of the church say, so I'd, I'd done some work and it went, it went really well. And they said, their response was, boy, you really earned your keep. Mm -hmm. And that I, 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 it was meant to be yeah. a compliment. It was meant to be a compliment, right. but it didn't sit well with me. And I, at first I didn't guess like, why is that not sitting well with me? Cause I, I know the heart behind it. And it took a while for me to realize, oh, it touches this thing that is on the inside of me about meeting expectations. Well, it's the water that we swim in, right? Yes. I mean, that's our larger cultural, which is like mm -hmm. your value, your worth, your ontological worth is determined by how you perform mm -hmm. or what you own. And, and what we're trying to do in the church is create an alternative community with an alternative culture. And so when someone says something like that to you, that that is very sincerely meant as a compliment. But what Absolutely. you see is like the culture of the world has invaded the church. Um, and that's not a, you know, that's our work, right? Like that's not a, the fault of the person in the pews, but to say like, I mean, and again, like I can see that now 20 years into ministry, but I, I'm like you, like things like that, A, probably would have pleased me at the time. Like when people complimented me like that, I'd be like, yeah, I am pretty or whatever. But even if I did sort of have an icky feeling, which again, my ego is larger than yours. So I probably would have just, um, but I wouldn't have been able to say like, why is that a problem? But it, I mean, it's, it, it just shows that like, oh, I want the culture of the kingdom of God to be seeped so deeply into people that they would be able to recognize like, oh, this gift that this person has brought is valuable and it comes from the Lord. And I celebrate the Lord in that. And I love this person, not because of how the Lord has used them, but because of because of the way that Jesus is showing us. And, and it's really important that we don't love people in the church who bring valuable gifts more than people in the church whose gifts are not visible or whose gifts maybe won't be visible for 20 more years until they do. I mean, you know, like that we have an alternative culture and um, it's just really, it's, it's hard <laughs> because I think, you know, the marketplace Christianity full of superstar pastors and but I mean that's not Christianity is often marketed as follow Jesus and you'll be the brightest and the best um, too. You'll live your best life now. You'll be able to do all things through Christ Jesus who um, strengthens you and and you'll be able to do things with an excellency that honors the Lord. And that's not the gospel. Like that's not the gospel. The gospel is my strength is made perfect in weakness. No, I won't remove that thorn in your flesh from you, which we really would like to ignore, which I have heard multiple people explain to me as that thorn in the flesh would have been removed from Paul by the Lord if Paul had had enough faith. Because wow. that, um, you know, sort of um, prosperity gospel is sunk so deep. Yeah. Um, anyway. Whatever. Well, that reminds me... Uh, I had a conversation um, with my parents about a week ago, and um, 
I don't want to throw any church under the bus, but they were listening to a local pastor where they live. And this pastor was um, really saying to people, okay, if you don't come back to church, it just means you don't have enough faith. Forget the coronavirus. You need to be coming back. And they were like, wait, yeah. Oh, oh. Yeah. what? And yeah. again, my concern, I'm deeply concerned in this season about people who are outside of the church mm-hmm. hearing these voices, hearing, you know, Paula White calling on angels from Africa, hearing Kenneth Copeland, and just yeah. hearing these voices. And I'm deeply concerned that um, so many people are saying, oh, th- I knew it. That's mm-hmm. that's what the church is. And not places like the Grove or Dorada Church that are just filled with these um, beautifully imperfect people. One of the most beautiful parts of our Christmas Eve service. And it's so simple, but um, one of um, one member of our church family, Annie, she read the- uh, oh, I've met Annie. Annie is wonderful. And she read a part of John chapter one. Yep. And Annie, you, you can't teach someone in seminary to read the text like she read it. It mm-hmm. was slow, methodical. Every She didn't rush it. Every phrase just... She read it like it was holy. Yes. Like she was playing mm-hmm. this beautiful instrument. And when she was finished, she's like, that wasn't very good. It was broken. It just didn't, it didn't flow. And even when we were recording it, I was like, that was so incredibly perfect. I mean, it wasn't perfect. It yeah. was beautiful. It was real. Yes. Yeah. And, and yeah. there are certain words that when she said them, it's like, I, you, mm-hmm. you, you can't train people. Uh, no, I mean, I've told you before, one of the most distinctive memories I have in my whole life was when I um, was in seminary, our preaching professor was just amazing. And one of the things he ran it like a masterclass. And one of the things he did was bring in all of his friends to preach for us on Thursday chapel. And then he would bring them into the classroom afterwards and we could ask them questions, blah, 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 which lots of my classmates didn't like because they just wanted like diagrams of like sermon forms or whatever and I was like oh my gosh you guys are idiots so he brought in um Henry and Ella Mitchell yes. and um so Henry was preaching which he said before and he's like I I bring him in every year they they switch back and forth Ella is a better preacher but it's Henry's turn so he <laughs> whatever I I did not heard Ella Mitchell preach but she read scripture she read the psalm bless the lord oh my soul and I cannot remember um, Henry Mitchell's sermon at all. I've I've read his book, like he's brilliant. Um, But I can close my eyes and be back in that space and hear her read that Psalm. And it's the same thing. Like you heard her read those words and you knew not only were they true for her you knew listening to her read them that they were true for you yeah and i and i um you know it's so it's my job to be able to articulate this but i don't know how to articulate to people that like i don't ever want anyone to perform scripture like it's not a performance Mm -hmm. It it does not need to be perfect and people are allowed to be growing in it. Like you can't mess it up. You can't ruin, I mean, you can't. But the deal is to invite people to read scripture with an awareness that it is holy <laughs> and that it is divine revelation. And, and again, that doesn't mean it has to be perfect. That doesn't mean that if you mess up that name, you've dishonored God or yourself or committed blasphemy. Um, and, and that's just a hard thing to do. And I think like, to your point about the, you know, the pastor in Atlanta and I, I mean, I know people here in Charlotte who come to me and have gotten letters from their church saying, you need to come back. We've all gotten lazy over these months when we've been away, you need to come back. And, and it's so hurtful, especially when someone is not coming back because they know that it would be poor stewardship of their life. 
to put themselves at that kind of risk and to have your own community of faith not understand that and and basically communicate to you a message of like we need you here making bricks even if it kills you like it's a risk your life is a risk we're willing to take um but i i think sometimes that just that does come maybe sometimes from just pure ego pride whatever but i think a lot of times it comes from fear and anxiety, right? Absolutely. It comes from the same place mm -hmm. that makes us feel like, oh my gosh, this Christmas Eve service has to be perfect. I mean, this idea of like, what we're doing is so important. And so if we can't do, it won't be done. And it's so hard to live with the tension of like, do we want to do this well? Yes. Like, mm -hmm. do we want to care and to use our gifts with joy and diligence? I mean, just yes, 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 yes. And also, are we needed? No. Like, does anything depend on us? No. Like, does the excellency of our ministry increase the efficacy of salvation? No. Like, and I think just living in that tension. So if you go to the one end and you're like, well, I can throw any slop into the bucket and that's fine because right. Jesus is Lord. Obviously that is not healthy or mature but to go to the other end and you know we have whole churches where people just they get destroyed because the the pressure to produce to earn your keep to say whatever it takes whatever i have to say however i have to treat you to get you to look a certain way in public i have to do that and again sometimes it's not about ego sometimes it's just about i you know, I have to honor the Lord and it has to look like this instead of realizing like, no, no, no. Have you read the Bible? <laughs> mm -hmm. um, I mean, not only God's strength is made perfect in weakness, but also God does not use the beautiful people mm -hmm. ever. Like that's just not who God uses. So if you want to be a beautiful person in the eyes of the world, you're in the wrong place at the church. Um, yes. Anyway. Yes, we've invested in cameras and some lights and microphones because you want to have a certain production value. You want people to be able right? to experience it, right? Like yes. I want people to yes. be able to hear and see. Yes. Yes. But it's not yes. just thrown together. But at the same time, you're exactly right. It doesn't have to be perfect. So, so everyone no, it doesn't listening have to, to be the podcast, go watch our Christmas Eve services. Well, you can't watch mine. Like, I mean, what? you can. It is uploaded, but like, what is uploaded is what happened, which is you can't really hear it. I posted the, I posted the, um, this the right, you know, whatever the words. What are those things called on paper? The words, <laughs> so people can read the words. But if you, I mean, if you go watch it, you'll hear me being like, Bleh. I'm sorry. It's like I'm, I'm miming the fact that my mouth would be frozen open. That would be great. Yeah, it's great. It's great. But you can scroll through and see the, I think, well, maybe you can't, maybe you can just see who was um, spotlighted. I don't know. The great thing is just to watch people's faces and their families when they're watching it being like, oh. What happened to the pastor? This is not going to go well. Fortunately, they all knew it was only going to be five minutes. Um, so anyway, anyway. Um, what are you thinking about? What am I thinking about? I am thinking about um, the end of the year, the end of 2020. Um, I don't want to say too much because I know we have a, another podcast next week and we'll probably talk more about the new year. But I, I think the thing that is really on my mind is that, um, you know, I said this to one of our elders in a meeting uh, a couple of weeks ago. They, they were saying, you know, okay, 2020 is going to end. We're going to go into 2021. It's going to be great, fabulous. And before I really thought about it, I mean, the words just came out, listen, hardship does not read the calendar. So mm -hmm. let's not go into the new year with an unnecessarily rosy picture of how it's going to be. There, there's struggle ahead that we, you know, we've got to continue a certain level of diligence here. I think certainly we ought to celebrate, be grateful for the year that has passed, um, be grateful to receive a new year. 
but I think for myself, I need to maintain a certain level of discipline and focus. Well, and not assume a, that the turn of the calendar is going to mean an automatic change. In, yeah. yeah, I'm grateful for a new administration, but I know there's struggle ahead of that administration, right? So it's, there's still well, that's, struggle. That's the Stockholm principle, right? Like we had to read good to great in our um, transformation pilot project mm -hmm, book. That mm -hmm. was one of the books we read and I, whatever one of the stories he tells is about a general named Stockholm who was a prisoner of war and survived for, I mean, years. And they were interviewing him. I guess Collins was interviewing him or maybe someone else was and Collins just references it. I don't remember, but they were asking him like, how did you survive? Like, how did you keep hope? And he's like, listen, you have to have hope, but you can't tie your hope to a point in time. He said like the people who kept their hope by thinking like, okay, by Christmas, I'll be out of here or by Easter, I'll be out of here. Like when Christmas arrived, when Easter arrived and they weren't out of here, like it just broke their hearts. And eventually you, you keep setting these dates and eventually um, you just, you know, yes. your timing isn't reality. And so you just think like, well, I'll never get out of here and you, and you die. And he said like the trick is, and that's what Collins calls the Stockholm principle is like, you have to have hope, but hope without an expiration date. So to say like, I, what I know is true is that this will end. I know it will end. I mm -hmm. can have hope. I can draw strength. I can draw power and knowing that it will end. But I also accept that I don't know when it will end. So yes. 2021, like, that's great. And we can make all the jokes we want about 2020, but like this um, is not going to expire with the calendar year. Do I think that things will be better in 2021? I mean, yes, I do, but certainly not in January. And I've had a lot of whatever. I like, I have constantly, consistently violated the Stockholm principle throughout this whole ordeal. But I mean, at least knowing it has helped me realize like, okay, like I'm hoping by whenever, but when these mile markers come, um, I mean, it's okay to grab onto another mile marker as long as you sort of hold it lightly knowing that, you know, if, if it doesn't happen on this day, that doesn't mean it's not going to happen. It just means, yeah. yeah. Our elders are saying, listen, let's not even try to think we're going to be back in the building for worship by spring or summer maybe, maybe in the fall. So let's just not, let's not even try to yeah. set a date um, for that. And that's very freeing to me. Well, and I also think it's important. I mean, one of the problems with setting a date is that maybe it doesn't happen. But the other problem is it just sort of subconsciously communicates to everyone that this time doesn't matter, that like this time is just the time we've got to get through as quickly as possible to get to that time. And when we get to that time, then ministry can start again, or then growth can start again, or then community can start again. And to be able to say like, no, no, no we're here. <laughs> and if the incarnation means anything, it means God is here, fully God, right now in this time. And so it's fine to have hope for the future. And it is fine to um, look forward to a day um, where certain things might happen, but not so much that you miss the good things and the real presence of God here and now in these days. Um, so, yeah, that's that's good things. So, what are you um, thinking about? Okay, well, here's what I'm thinking about, and this is a. Problem. I have a feeling it's going to be really deep and profound. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not. I mean, yes and no. Um, I, when I love things, I have a bad habit of kind of overselling them. So I'm mm. almost afraid to tell people about things that I love because I overhype. Um, and so like, you my know, that's funny my because I have experienced you doing that. It's I know, so funny that you would say that. Like, you would say, you say, oh, I listened to blah, blah, blah's podcast. And it was, <laughs> and your description so good. And I go listen to it. I'm like, uh, and your, <laughs> your talk about the thing that you listen to so much better <laughs> than okay. the actual thing. So which is great. I just think like, like a, a lot podcast of my friends about are like, podcast. 
Anyway, go ahead. There she goes again. Not no, no, no. Okay. No. But we, and, and it was all thanks to Colin. I'm never allowed to mention Colin in church, but this isn't in church, so it's fine. Um, so Colin the other night was like, I, let's watch the show, which I was not excited to watch. Um, and then it was just, I'm not kidding when I say it made me happy hmm. in a way that I just have not been happy in in this whole season like it just made me so wow. happy and and i just feel like i you've mean you've been watching enjoyable. the jersey shore again <laughs> yes <Yeah. laughs> um because it's true that you and i both um and, and colin and i like we watch some bad reality television which has its own which is not survivor by the way survivor is not bad reality television Thank but you. we do watch bad reality television and there is a certain kind of like um whatever shallow pleasure in just watching it and marveling mm -hmm. about how bad it is um <laughs> and then i can watch shows that are just dumb and and not painful and get right but but it's rare that you are watching something that you're like this is just good and i believe in it like it's not even just entertaining me it's like a confirmation affirmation of everything i hold most dear in the world like wow. like i don't think that these people who made this show well i don't know like but i don't know if they knew that they were making a show about the jesus way but like they are making a show about the jesus way and it like in the show it's like I mean, so, there's just times where I'm like, I just can't, like, I just cannot handle how much I agree and believe in all the embodiment of all my values. It's like about like relationships and about friendships and about ritual and about the power of unconditional positive regard and like the beauty and the way that communities can transform people and about forgiveness and about redemption and joy and like people being complicated and beautiful and like how loving people sometimes means doing the thing that makes like that is just the hard thing and the painful thing but it's the loving thing and about how like and 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 this show is not in any way a religious show and on the show people you know swear too much and they have um sex outside of marriage and i'm like i know people are gonna be like how can you recommend a show like that and i just want to say like i'm pretty sure those fishermen swore a lot and i'm pretty sure the gospels were pretty clear about jesus hanging out with like adulterers and prostitutes and whatever and so i feel like a lot of times we don't want to look for like revelations and embodiments of the jesus way mm -hmm. unless they show up in certain kinds of bodies who have certain kinds of practices and like mm -hmm. that's fine that's fine if the only books you can read about Jesus are set in Amish colonial America, <laughs> but you're going to miss because the whole point, again, of the incarnation is like Jesus is showing up and ushering in the kingdom of God, not in the beautiful people, not in the holy people, not in the righteous people, but in the people, people. Mm. Um, so this is a show where like, I just see like the, the way of the gospel in people people who are just whatever and again like i'm quite sure they didn't mean to do this but like i'm quite sure that god meant to do this wow and so the show was so good so i'm in total so suspense good. so good what is the show so it's called so it's called ted lasso and it is oh. on apple tv okay and you need you need you need to watch it it will affirm you and make you happy and it's like telling people to read bear town like if you don't like it it's just gonna break my heart on every single level but i when i tell you that show was ministering to me that show was ministering to me now wow, let me be clear deep. it's all about sports and we all know i don't care about sports um <laughs> and it's about the what it doesn't even matter just watch it and at the beginning you're gonna be like what in the world you have i mean just give it a minute it's just 10 half an hour episodes so it, it's very quick we watched it over two days and I just loved it so much. It is not a show for children. It's not a show for children. Okay. Let me be totally clear. Um, so that is what I'm thinking about. Like I continue to think about it. I want to watch it again. I told Colin, 
it might be the best thing he's ever done for me, which he's both flattered and super insulted by. <laughs> and totally so, disturbed. Really great. <laughs> yeah, but so anyway, it, it, it was wow. really great and it was really making me happy. So so is this the um, is this on the free part of Apple TV or do you need to pay for this? No, no, don't tell anybody, but I'll send you my code so you can watch it. Okay. <laughs> Very good. Okay, excellent. I was going to say, because yeah. I have a couple of Apple TV devices, but I use it for Amazon Prime. Yeah, no, anyway, I'll send it to you, but like, please watch Excellent. it, oh, please watch it. Okay. I was like, it's like, it's like, you know, toxic masculinity is such a thing. And then like a lot of things that our culture produces that men love, like just really sort of condone or glorify like toxic, this is like anti-toxic masculinity. This is like this really? whole vision casting yeah. for another way of being male in the world. Like, yeah. I cannot get over how I love, how much I love it. And, um. Wow. I just need you to watch it. Okay. I need you to watch it. I, you and Han need to watch it. Tonight. I'll watch it. Yeah. Okay. I don't It'll know about great. tonight that's because I have a video to make for tomorrow. Oh, that's true. Sorry, Charlie. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't watch it tonight because you will not be able to make your video. So you need to like wow. save it for yourself. Okay. Excellent. Oh, yes. But Matthew needs to be in bed. <laughs> Very good. So noted. Okay. So what, what did you preach since you've already um, made your video and... Right. And you're like giving me a hard time. Like I'm so ahead of the game. I did it on Friday. And what else happened on Friday? Christmas Day, right? So like, it's not like I was working ahead at all. And again, because I am greatly blessed not to be the technology person, I do have to get in my stuff so that the technology that so that Rachel can, can coordinate all of it um, and make it amazing. And I should have gotten it on Thursday. So I was a day late and more than a dollar short, but I preached because of course I did on the slaughter of the innocents. So everyone can look forward to that. Um, I mean, like, I'm really legitimately sorry and not sorry to have done it because like, I definitely, um, and I did not, I, I read some really helpful preaching commentaries about it and they were just saying, hey, don't, don't, um, like you can tell this story without, you, you don't need to hold, like horrify it like you don't need mm. to, like she was saying the one woman that I was reading was talking about listening to a student preach the story and that the student used the phrase dead babies 12 times in the course of the sermon and she was like don't do that like that's 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 um dishonoring like it's not mm. like don't be um course about this like mm. this is a sacred text so like you don't want to whitewash it you don't want to sugarcoat it you don't want to explain mm. it but there's no need to try, like, we are not a people who need help imagining slaughter. Um, so that, I mean, I was helpful to read that. And also just, I should, by the by, like you and I were just talking about last last week about um, the situation at Providence Day School and how, you know, I, I was saying that as a white person, it was really um, about, like, especially um it was visible to me how people involved in that story as white people who really sincerely wanted to be allies ended up doing exactly the opposite of their own values by basically telling the black woman to shut up and that they knew what was best for her and that her lived experience of being black and raising a black son wasn't valid or or you know just had nothing to contribute to their decision making that they like they ended up reinforcing white supremacy, even as they were probably very sin sincerely trying to dismantle it. And that's just the insidiousness of it. And I was talking about like how as a leader, we have to be willing to hear people who love us and trust us and give us the mm -hmm. gift of telling us the truth. And it was really interesting because I'd had this whole conversation, blah, blah, blah. And then I preached last week and um, a member of my community um, in the speech about love, looking like justice, blah, 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 and was telling some stories in that sermon about some recent atrocities that had happened to black people in the nation and and um trying to tell them in a way that would help people who to that whom it was just background noise to really experience the horror of it and a, and a black woman in my community came to me and said hey i'm really glad you preached that sermon thank you for preaching that sermon i'm at the grove because these are truths that you tell and that was really traumatic for me to hear you describe these stories in this way. And like, like, what can we do 
like, I don't want you not to preach it, but like what, you know, so it's really helpful for me just to like, be like, okay, like here's a chance for me to live into my values. And like, I don't know what that will look like, but I, I was so grateful and sincere that she is committed enough to the community to tell me that. Um, and I don't have an answer because she was both saying, like, I, I know why you did it. You needed to do it. And also, could you not do it? <laughs> it's like, I mean, so it was just like real. And I just appreciate that. And, and I've, I will figure something out. But it was helpful going into this week to realize that, like, there are so many people we love and are trying to create holy community for who, for whom the loss of the child is not theoretical. And so to tell the story in a way with restraint um, for the sake of those folks, for, um, but also for the sake of those folks, not leave the story out and sweep it under the rug as if it doesn't exist. Um, so, I mean, who knows? But I mean, I think the, who knows how well it was done, obviously. But I think the big takeaway for me is like, this is a terrible story. And we are sorry that it happened, but we're not sorry that scripture records it. And, and it belongs, it particularly belongs in the nativity story because it reveals to us that Jesus came into our world, right? And, and, it's, and it is atrocities like this, which are why the incarnation had to happen. And that in the incarnation, Jesus is coming down and taking a side against not the actors, but against the powers and principalities that make us believe that these are the right choices. Um, so, so yeah, so that's what I did. Wow, that sounds really good. Well, I mean, <laughs> I, I do think that in preaching, not fortune, but the Holy Spirit favors the bold, but I also think, you know, there. Um, sometimes you just fail. <laughs> sometimes you bite off more than you can chew, and it just, you Been know, there. the only way. Yeah, I mean, and the only way to make sure that you never fail is to just be banal. Um, and I believe that that the Lord can work through through failure. So. Um, I hope this will not be that. It is the Sunday after Christmas. So 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 one would predict that about five people will tune in for this worship service and they'll be like, thanks so much. So glad. Thank you. Thank you for this. As I drink my coffee two days after Christmas. So so what are you preaching about? Well, I would tell you if I knew. Um so after <laughs> would you like to preach about the slaughter of the innocent? Well, after this, I got a sermon. I was gonna say I, I don't have time to research and do all the study, but I will probably um um find something that um I've preached before and um ask God to breathe some new life into it. Mm -hmm. Uh because I am I am tired and um yeah. So, but most likely I will go to Matthew two. I think that's the story of, of the wise men um, uh, visiting Jesus and um, something there and um, hopefully short and simple. And because I cut my editing short for Christmas Eve, I still have like three or four songs that were recorded that haven't been used in okay. the video. So I've got some, extra music and um so uh, i'll be able to I thought, I thought that you were gonna let me preach for you next week no that was um the next week not this third, sunday next sunday that was mid-january oh right, i'm trying to um take a break these are the conversations that we normally don't <laughs> I, record i know the second and third yeah. week I'm, I'm looking at uh taking a break and okay. uh learning how to be a I'm excited. Parent and spouse, Good luck, Dorita. <laughs> <laughs> you know how to be a parent and a spouse. So that's good. Oh, well, we have reached the end of this particular podcast journey. Um, so if you want to, you should um, watch the Christmas Eve service from Dorita, D-E-R-I-T-A, Presbyterian Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. 
um, you can go to their YouTube channel. Um, you can find Yolando Hinton on Facebook these days. He has actually, he went from having no account for 15 Oy. years to now having two. You have Oy two, vey. like, which makes yes. you look like um, no. a member of the greatest generation. So, anyway, yes. so you can also find him on Facebook. Friend him. He'll never talk to you, but you can see his face. Um, you can go to Derrida's uh, website. Just Google Derrida, D-E-R-I-T-A, Presbyterian Church in Charlotte, North Carolina, and it will pop you right over. And you can find old sermons of Yolando's. And I do mean old. I mean like early 2019, pre-pandemic sermons from Yolando Hinton on their Podbean website. Just search for the Derrida Church podcast. And if you want to learn more about The Grove, you can go to thegrovecharlotte.org. Um, and that is our website. You can worship with us live if you too would like to hear about the slaughter of the innocents two days after Christmas. You can join us for worship on the live stream at 10 a.m. Look for the Grove Church. It's a green tree. There's lots of Grove churches out there. But search the Grove Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. You're you the only Grove Charlotte. We're the Grove Charlotte. Thank you. I, See, I, I always, always remember that. Where are we the Grove Church and where are we Grove Charlotte? Thanks. It's, you're you know the Grove everything. Charlotte. The Grove Charlotte. So um, you should worship with us and our live stream is really fun. Um, joyful if fun doesn't feel holy enough for you. And you can listen to um, messages from the Grove Charlotte on our um, podcast, which you can get at iTunes or anywhere you download your podcast because it's an aggregate site. Um, thanks to my friend Ryan Rich who uploads it for us, which is really, really nice. He also told people I was drunk on Christmas Eve. So um, <laughs> I was not, especially not before the service. So anyway, you can listen to messages there at uh, the Grove Charlotte podcast on iTunes. Look for the green tree. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.